Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, alongside me. We got Freddy. Always keeping it spooky. Always and also known as Nighty Knight. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So with the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelop you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's I with a what? K. And keeping things going with G. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Month for our Father's Day of horror. Horror, 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 horror. horror. Keeping things going with actually a, a nice little indie flick. One that I saw back in like maybe 2018. Uh, nice. Oh, which yeah. I was very excited to see again. Uh, the Devil's Candy. But before we get into that, we got some patrons that I need to be shouting out right now. Oh, I'm not even logged in. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, we'll shout our patrons out towards the end of the show instead. That way we can make sure that I get all logged in and all that nice stuff. But the film that we are discussing is The Devil's Candy. First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts? Yeah, so I've never heard of this film. Um, really? Yeah, never heard of it. Um, never seen anything about it. Um, I went in completely blind like I usually want to do when we go on these episodes just to have the the best experience as possible. Fair enough. Or not to have like high expectations or anything like that. I really dug this one. This is a lot of fun. And when I posted it on Twitter and I was watching it, someone made a comment saying that this would pair really well with Bliss. And I was like, oh, we saw Bliss last month. We did see and Bliss last month. It does pair month. very well with Bliss. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of the similarities and there are very different films as well. But yeah, this movie is a rock metal album as well, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's cool because uh, we see like the different artist perspective. Uh, we see them kind of obsessed with their work as well. So there's a lot of similarities to that. Uh, the dad's really cool. I think he has a really great relationship with his daughter in this film and that they do treat their relationship as best friends. And you can really see that, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, even though how they apologize <laughs> to each other is like, we're still pals, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's cool to see that, that, that dynamic. And of course, we have a lot of... Um, religious symbolism in this movie as well because yeah. it's very uh satanic has to do with the devil um and there's if a lot you didn't of, know by the title of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> and i love finding out what the devil's candy meaning is yes yeah, i was up. like oh that's messed up yeah it's but fucked i can up. see that being the devil's candy yeah that, that's a cool name for yeah. how messed up this is that's fair um and that's another thing about this movie it's very threatening uh it's uh, it's one of those films where it's like ah should i have kids this world is scary, very dangerous. Yeah, um, it's scary being a parent. <laughs> it's scary being a parent. And and it's stuff like this where like abductions and like kids getting hurt. Um this is where like it's a fine line with me just to make sure it doesn't go overboard and it doesn't, which is great. And we have these really great characters that you like want to succeed and you see them go through a lot. But at the same time, it never crosses the boundaries too much. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to pull away too, so which is great because there's like a scene with like him picking up a rock and then right. going towards the kid, but they never show it. I think that also has to do with a budget thing too. Yeah. So it works great either yeah. way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but it, and, this does seem like the type of movie that did want to show it all. Do you think? I think so. I feel like they 
could have for some stuff. I mean, the amount of things that he does yeah. in this movie that are horrific. For sure. But they never, they, they show, never show any of it. Which is great. Which is good. Yeah, which I, I mean, think it just makes you think about movie. it work. Yeah. Whether if they chose to do that or not, I thought that was the best decision. I agree. Um, but yeah, Valerie's scary. Dad's cool. Relationship is awesome. You're messing with the characters. The art's cool. I love, love cool dads. We love cool dads. <laughs> Put it on um, a t-shirt. We love cool dads. <laughs> we love cool dads. Backline approved. Um, yeah, no, I, I like watching this movie. It's fun. It's quick. Yeah. Um, speaking of the budget, it kind of goes off the rails a little bit with the fire. And I'm just like, eh, I'll let it pass because it's still good. It's still fun. Yeah. Like, the fire did not look good. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. And I assume you're talking about like that ring of fire. Yeah, the yeah, whole bedroom it's, it's scene. I'm just bedroom, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just like, there's some like random like slow mo in there. It's just like, we don't need that it was, too. It but was that's definitely okay. interesting. Yeah. I would say there's a lot of stuff where I would be nitpicking, but at the same time, like, I still had a lot of fun and enjoyment out of this film. Yeah. You could tell that like it was probably. The directors, uh, Sean Sean Byron, I think, or Burn, or Burn. Um, you can tell that like it might have been Sean's very first movie, um, but it was a very great, valiant effort. Like, oh I, yeah, I, I agree with you that I I do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I really, really, really like this movie a ton, um, and I do think there are. You know, like like you said, like aspects where I think we're great for this moment, going the kind of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, route with not showing us anything, but we can imagine how Ugh. horrific it probably yeah. was, right? I mean, just just us seeing the tools that he was using and us being able to experience how he cleans up was enough. Like that was enough for us to 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 to, to understand right. the viciousness behind his work. And the suitcases and things like that. Like, we didn't have to see everything. Right. Like, our mind already took us there. Yeah. <laughs> our mind took not us there. We're not hinting at it, too. There's like, no, he's doing this. No, stuff. he's legit doing this. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. If, if, if it's hard for context, he's chopping up little kids' bodies and putting, putting them, them in suitcases. And then, yeah. And burying fucking them. burying them <laughs> on top of each other. Yes. And, and making room for others. He takes them out to rebury them. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's fucked up, but you know it's an it's an interesting flick. Uh, but you ready to talk about this, man? Let's do it. Let's jump into this, dude. It's a very short movie, which is very appreciating, um, or which I appreciate, I, I should say. Um, but yeah. But before we jump into that, I actually got the list up for our patrons. I want to give a very special shout out to our ghoulish knights over at patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's that with a K. Kate, Kayla, Philip. Welcome, Kate, as well. Welcome in. Thank you so much for, for joining, uh, joining the ghoulish knights. Appreciate that. Zachary, Nashia, Frank, Kristen, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Alexis, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, Cheyenne, David, also known as Nightly, Carrie, Stu, Anna, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, Patrick, oh, Willow, Jessica, Jared, Jasmine, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last but certainly not least, Freddie. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and supporting the grind. Very much appreciated. Truly. <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. Truly, truly appreciated. Thank you so much. 
The Devil's Candy. Directed by Sean Byrne, released March 17, 2017, with a runtime of one hour and 19 minutes. It took two years almost for this movie to officially be released after being shown in festival circuits. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's a tough, well, I'm sure back then too, it was probably a tough genre to like get yourself in. Yeah. And then this is a subgenre that's not seen as often, I would say. And satanic movies are probably not the most popular, maybe. Shit. Boy, you know not for us. Ex- you know the exorcism movies popular as fuck. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just think... I can see this be like the exorcism movie a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily that. I just think it was the fact that it just... There were just probably studios... They were just like, ah, pass, 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 pass. I think if Shudder would have really been like hitting the fucking ground around 2015, 2016, for sure this movie would have been a Shudder exclusive. Absolutely. Um, But uh, I think when I first saw it, I saw it on Netflix. That's when I first saw it. But yeah. Uh, Runtime of one hour and 19 minutes. Shout the fuck out to that runtime. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No budget and box office with a rating of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. We open to a house on a rural land still at night. Wind whistles through a window as a man named Ray lies in his bed asleep. He's awakened by eerie whispering, but he continues to lie there as the chant becomes louder. He cranks his amp and plays his guitar loudly as he stares at a crucifix on the wall. His mother Pamela comes into his room shouting his name. He can't hear her as as he continues playing the guitar loudly. She unplugs the amp. It's startling him. She wonders if he's okay. He says that he plays it loud so he can't hear him. She demands him to pack his things, needing him to go back to the hospital. He grunts. She takes something from, from him, crying that she's going to call his father as he's going to take him back. The whispering chant continues as he angrily looks at the door. She's about to walk down the stairs. Right behind her brings his guitar down on her head. She falls down the stairs in slow motion. The cross in, the, in, his, room, in his bedroom falling upside down. His wrist continues as Pamela lay dead on the floor beneath the stairs. His father discovering as he comes through the door. Title card. <laughs> I, was, I was like super shocked when I kind of saw him like just shredding on the guitar. I'm like, okay, this is the type of we were in for. All right, Fuck right yeah. on, rock on. Fuck yeah. I, I, what I was shocked at was how they got the rights to all these fucking songs. True. I would like they had Metallica, they had the Iron Maiden. Like I was like, how are, how did y'all get these rights? Which which is them playing it though, right? No, they they play them on the uh, oh, yeah on like um the radio, the radio and stuff. And like stuff. Yeah. yeah. So huh. and even even when the, when it starts, it starts with um I'm I'm the I'm evil by Metallica or am I evil by Metallica? Huh? Uh, which I think is yeah, am I evil? That Maybe they were all for free riff. use back then? No fucking way. No fucking no way. No, I think a lot of their budget went to these these songs. That's what I think. Personal friends, maybe. Oh, maybe I don't know. I, I didn't look up Sean uh, Sean Byrne that much, but hey, got to a painter Jesse Hellman, classic. Jesse Hellman. Great. In the zone, <laughs> painting the fuck out of something as Am I Evil um, by Metallica plays through the speakers. His daughter Zoe opens up the garage, reminding him that her mom said uh, he was he has to hurry. 
He greets her. She asks about his painting of butterflies being for, for the bank. He agrees that it's his commission. Um, her not thinking that it isn't metal because it has butterflies on it. Butterflies are metal? Metal as fuck, dude. dude. Metal. Never, never seen the fucking episode of Spongebob, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Wormy when he turns into a butterfly That shit was scary Metal as fuck <laughs> He understands Explaining that most people don't like metal um, About to explain further Until his wife Astrid comes out She irritatedly asks if he isn't sh- If he hasn't showered And that they are late And then and at this point we're, we're obviously Getting context of, of this fa- little family Right here right Just uh, Very much daughter is A daddy's girl yeah. Right. She very much is like, you know, one one hundred percent. She relates to, to him the most. Yeah, yeah. It's like we both like metal. We're both little like punks. Right. Yeah, yeah. She's a miniature version of him. Yes. They are driving in the car, cranking Killing Inside by um, Cavalera Conspiracy. Jesse and Zoe bobbing their head um, to it as Astrid smiles. When the song <laughs> truly kicks in, they both headbang like crazy. Fucked it. Amazing. Just, I love their little bobblehead too, just going hard. It's just they're following yeah. to the rhythm of it. This, I would say perfect. this. This movie is very well shot too. I oh, dude, gorgeously like shot too. The director of photography deserved an an award for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know who it was, but god damn it, they needed like every aspect because I agree. <laughs> um. Astrid calling attention to it and wanting to listen to something less heavy. Zoe offers to have them listen to Metallica instead. He laughs, <laughs> and knowing that um, that's not what she had in mind as she rubs Astrid's neck, they pull they pull up to their new their possible new home, quote unquote, uh, when Ray where Ray murdered his f- mother and father. Now we didn't get that context immediately, but we find out later that he did mur- murder his dad as well. Right. Um, which, and uh, yeah. I guess uh, I forgot to mention too the very beginning of that scene. Where the cross goes upside down, obviously the sign of the Antichrist and stuff like that too. Yeah, the, have uh, the that's of very the cross. demonic. Um, I always saw that like after the movie was over, is that him trying to stay away from the devil and keep himself busy by playing the rock music, right. and ended up killing his own mom. It flips under to literally Show Satan he, winning. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he took over. Yeah, like yeah. He, it, he's officially his pawn. Yeah, which is like great because there's a little small moments of like that symbolism of like something changing. Even like we'll talk about like his company's name that he sells his art to. Yeah, um, Belial. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of like a name for the devil as yeah. well. Um, and they actually go through a lot of different names of the devil. It was kind of cool too. But I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. cool exposition. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they got in here. I mean, they use a bunch of analogies too. Oh, yeah. Um, like, one's about to come up. That's actually one of my favorite yes. ones. Um, Asher calls the home gorgeous as they pull up to the to meet with the realtor. He takes them into the house, mentioning the heat and using the analogy that even Satan's praying for it to rain. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. They inspect the house. The realtor trying to sell them on the idea of a room facing north as tranquil. They look out of the window for a moment before going into another room. Zoe, who I'm going to refer to as Zoe because they did in the film, is, st- <laughs> is staring out uh, at something as her dad mentions. This is twice the size of the r- of the room she currently has. The room is decked out in quote unquote not so metal um, looking teddy bears painted on the wall. He comments <laughs> that that she won't even see them when. She starts decorating the room. Her, you, like, you just didn't think of taking the wallpaper down, yeah, and just painting the room. Just paint the room. Paint the room black if you want. Paint it there black. Paint, paint it black. 
Yeah, Rolling Stones. The song. Yeah, they could, they exactly. Could, they couldn't afford that song. <laughs> he, he had uh, uh, his attention is peaked, um, or her attention is is peaked as she brings up that uh, he has to buy her some more posters if there is even one Teddy left. He he doesn't answer as Astrid chuckles. She calls out to him to see if if he heard her. He heard her loud and clear, agreeing on the conditions. Cut to them going inside a large barn like stable. They are in awe. But Jesse is the only is the one truly interested in this space. As the realtor comments about the space being cool for a teen when she's ready for her own for a space of her own. This was interesting because it's just like that's not attached to the house. Right. This place. Um, it's literally like a little barn. It's like a barn. Yeah. And it's funny that he was just like, oh yeah, this could be your room. Y'all live in Texas. Yeah. Is, is, does that place it's, have air conditioning? Does that place have like like what the fully fuck? metal and everything? Like, yeah. like, it's gonna be a hot <laughs> that's a hot like, box. Oh, that's a hot box. Trying to kill me. <laughs> it's like maybe if you want a space of your own, you can just die in here. There you go. Live on forever. Live, laugh, love. Um, so <laughs> answers that this is going to be her father's studio. He switches up, agreeing on that um, before bringing up that there were two deaths in the house. Astrid asks for Zoe to grab some documents out of the car. She understands, telling her mom that if she just wanted her to leave, she could just tell her to leave. She leaves out of the, the future studio as Jesse <laughs> comes over to meet back with his wife. Astrid now understands that he couldn't sell it. To, sell it and the price is so low. The realtor doesn't entertain that thought, looking at his watch, sharing that the next showing is at 11, claiming that he has them all lined up today. I'm like, okay, prove it. No, right, right. <laughs> Two people still died in this house. I'm okay. Um, sharing that this, is, this was just a sweet old lady who accidentally fell down the stairs and her husband who couldn't live without her, coldly considering it sad, but not comparing it to Charlie Manson. Jesse chuckles as, she sh- as he shrugs at her. She asks for them to have a minute as they walk slightly deeper into the studio. She questions if he finds it creepy. He doesn't find it creepy, claiming uh, to find it more romantic. The man loving her so much that he couldn't live without her. She knows that he just wants the studio. He plays it off that he he isn't thinking about this place. He asks if she could hear something. She looks around, trying to find the sound. He starts to whisper her name and howls her name, adding, by me. (laughs) Uh, This was cute. Yeah, it's adorable. This was this was really cute. Um, He's very childlike. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And obviously, we don't. It's like you don't hear it because it's screaming at me. <laughs> like, the voices are saying, "Buy it, buy it." And I like the fact that you know we get this context that, um, and it's not like hammered on our head, but they don't have that much money, right? right. Like they found this place off a of whim, which is why she's just like, "We need to get this place." Because it's probably dirt cheap because right. of these deaths, and um, and everything's original right. back in the house as well, right? Like they they didn't paint the walls white, which that's usually what realtors would do. Um, that because painting it white, from my understanding, is allows people who are purchasing a home to see the vision more. Um, yeah, how weird. they would, um, I guess, blank slate, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. decorated and 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 whatnot. Um, it allows them to kind of get a better better feel of what their spin would be on it. Right. Um, but they didn't do any of that, right? So like this this home was uh, uh, back much as is a ready to ready already yeah. already moved in home. So um, it was interesting though to to find that out later how bad their money problems were. Yeah. Right, they only have one car. Um, Astrid has to catch the bus to work. Um, she's a hairstylist. Uh, he only does commissions. Commissions, Yeah. And you know, so 
And I don't know. But they're trying to better their lives, getting a house, getting their feet planted on the ground. Living their dream. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? You know, you know, being able to this support their the family. Goal for exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, in the middle of the road, Ray is sitting in his car uh, outside of a shelter inn. The desk clerk sees him peeking through the window outside the motel. He watches as Ray cautiously comes inside the lobby, looking behind the door before entering inside and closing the door behind him, not saying anything to the clerk before the clerk asks if he can help him. Ray um, hears the chance in his head again as he approaches the desk handing the clerk money the clerk accepts it while ray dings the bell over and over trying his best to drown out the chance back with jesse sparking one up with his wife next to him drinking some wine she brings up that zoe is going to have to change schools he believes that she'll be all right knowing that she's brave she mentions that it um that it is at least two bus rides to get to her job at the salon he doesn't believe that she would have to deal with that if they just got a second car she explains that that it has to do more that he has to do more commissions because her salary alone can't cover all of this he understands commenting about having to paint butterflies for a bank even though he makes him even though it makes him want to puke he puts her his hair up taking the blunt back as astrid is in deep thought he tells her to chill as he goes over to her to take a hit she doesn't she doesn't want to he pleads for her to do it and she does peer pressure taking a few <laughs> more inhales himself to it. teach her when, when to ex- exhale she follows his lead he asks um, her to close close her eyes and to repeat after him um god damn their chemistry was so perfect to me in this movie though yeah, I do have it's to very admit, cute. it is yeah. like it's it, adorable, it feels fresh and new. Like right, just like started dating, but it's not exactly like <laughs> it's literally two best friends who are married. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell that, like, and you can tell they like can read each other very well, and they're like you're right, and then she's like very happy to say like we bought a home. And yeah, it's like you know how to get her more relaxed right. as he tries to. It's like. Yeah. You want this, right. it's like, yeah, and you know they totally fucked after this. Like, <laughs> like, like they you totally know, fucked after it's, this. It's, they have a good balance too because she's the one that's like, all right, we have to be responsible. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. He's a little bit more laid back. He's like the cool dad, a little bit more loose with things. Yeah, um, and they balance each other outright really well, and it's just they just work. Yeah, they really connect. They do. Wanted her to say that they just bought a house. She laughs, repeating it, yes. adding that th- that it is a beautiful fucking house and that they are going to be happy. Laughing that they never have to look at the at that view ever again. He kisses her on the forehead. Montage to moving day, and it's absolutely fucking adorable. Oh, moving day yeah. concluding as Astrid fixes an amazing personality-driven f- family photo, and it's great because it's just it it's literally all of them in a picture. And not just, and even figuratively as well, because like you can tell it's just all of their personality, all of their emotions together, right. and them as th- being the happy family that they are. I love this little montage too. It's really well edited. And oh, I love that the, the camera's just stationary the entire yeah, time. Me too. And it ends with them reaching out to the camera and it's the photo. It's like, that's cool. That's really smart editing. Yeah, I agree. Cut to Ray playing his guitar loudly to drown out the chants in his motel room. He's interrupted by a sheriff not off, by the sheriff's office knocking on his door, demanding him to open the door. He timidly cracks it open um, for Deputy Hernandez, who asks for him to open the door wider so he can see inside. He scans the room, sharing that there's that he's um, that he's playing. Or excuse me, he's sharing that um, is there loud music or that he got a complaint about loud music asking for Ray's name. 
He shares it. Hernandez questioning if he's going to help them both out and keep things quiet. Ray nods his head that he will, but Hernandez wants wants to hear him say it. He repeats it back to Hernandez. His voice fades away as the chants become louder as he explains what he'll do if he has to come back. Ray isn't able to hear him nodding his head and waving goodbye. During the day, Jesse and Zoe pull up to the to her new school. She sits in the car as he assures her that it is never as bad as she thinks, knowing that she has a tu- that she has to tough it out for the first 30 minutes and the rest is all gravy. She smirks that she hates gravy. The bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they hug before she gets out, telling her not to uh, n- uh telling her not to quote let her schooling get in the way of her education. End quote. I thought that was adorable. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh, let, go ahead and serve your shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> she definitely, we don't get much context of her being in school and stuff like that, but you can tell she has a hard time making new friends. Right. Like she's definitely probably more introverted and things like that. And, and for her, she might be considered the outcast, right? Right. Um, yeah. So. She she likes very niche things. I'm not the general public. Probably the majority of everyone would like, like, right. the, like hardcore metal and stuff like that. Yeah. Or She's very much you can tell, like, into community. Because, yeah, community and, like, she has this really deep relationship with her father. Yeah. So it's probably hard to, like, make friends with people her own age as well. Um, but yeah. Which which is understandable, especially for, like, um, kids who are only, like, just, I guess, the only child right. as well. Like, you know, all you have are your parents. All, the only thing are your parents. Are, that's the only people who could be your best friend. Um, as you are going through life, right? So, like, you yeah. without siblings, you kind of have no choice. Um, but, yeah. She chuckles, acknowledging it, uh, telling him that she loves him before walking out of the car. He leans his head out of the window, calling out to her. She re- uh, turns around. He throws up devil horns, and she ex- embarrassingly returns it back to him. Jesse heads back, t- back home, walking by the stairs and stopping when he hears the same eerie chants that Ray hears. Ooh, and it begins... begins. He looks back at the door with the Red Cross stained window before heading upstairs. That window was fucking cool. Yeah, but at the same time, I was like, oh, you're just there for the purpose window. of just being there. Oh, of course. Which I'm like, you created a lot of great tension later on in the scenes that we'll talk about. But like, yeah, it's cool to see. But I'm like, oh, you're just a little thing. But that's cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It. Uh, he's in a trance as he continues into his daughter's room, looking at the position where the uh, where the uh, crosses po- where the ghost poster is. Getting up on Zoe's bed, he removes the poster from the wall, exposing the crucifix stain on the wall. Dan, did y'all like not clean up anything? <laughs> it's so po- dirty, like, dirty as fuck. They're like, dude. yeah, let's just put a poster over it. <laughs> like, no, just so, cover it with the poster. I have a theory. Ooh, and this theory. Kind of popped in my head once I saw the final scene. And we'll talk about the final scene. But I feel like him hearing the whispers is actually God, not the devil. I think we get two sides of the coin in this movie. I think he's a messenger from God, and the other dude is a messenger from the devil. Mm. And that's where he's setting the kids' souls free. Where the right. other one is taking the souls. Yeah. Um, and I believe this too because at the very end we'll talk about it where he sees like the shining light. Right. Where that's pretty much 
the light of God. What you supposedly right. see when you're so I think this gates. will show the different parallels of the opposition of good versus evil because he's always trying to do the good thing, and then there's always people in his way that are tempting him to go the wrong way and do the evil task, which we'll talk about later on. But that's my theory with this character. Interesting is that he's being talked to by God, not the devil. I like that theory. Yeah, I like that theory a lot. Yeah, could be completely wrong. Something. He could be the most. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're onto something for sure. Yeah. Uh, the chants become louder, almost sounding like a record playing in reverse. He goes inside his studio, viewing the painting as the chanting glitches to the upside down cross. He becomes inspired because the shirt comes off and the painter's mask comes on. <laughs> Which is like, shirt's off, mask on, baby. Oh. Getting hot, <laughs> got the no lie coming out of me. Yo, bruh is ripped, dog. Like yeah, he, is, he is cut. That's a mad tattoo, He's, bro. Yeah. He is cut the fuck up. I was like, good for you. Spray, like, I I would tell him to take a shirt off too. <laughs> Spray painting and working on his new piece all day long. Later that night, Astrid makes it home. As soon as she opens the door, Zoe jump scares her, sighing that she hadn't gotten her like that in ages. Astrid agrees with sarcasm that it was funny. Then asks her about her first day. Zoe faces forms into a frown that it sucked. Her mother assures her that it will get better, promising her that it just takes time as she embraces her. I wonder what made it suck. Like, did no one talk to you? Were you bullied? Like, we didn't really get any aspects of right. our school, which I wish we would have. Yeah, we could just, like, guess because there's, like, no kid in school trying to make friends. Sure, I assume but... it was just no one talked to her. Yeah. So... Astrid goes to uh, check in on Jesse, her voice muffled as she asks what happened to the butterflies. He doesn't hear her. She calls him. Uh, she calls his name a few times before yelling it out to gather his attention. He immediately turns around, startled by her. She asks where he was. He doesn't understand. She repeats it. He looks back at his painting of an upside down cross. The um, and it's funny to me because like. This was this award, like or not award, but like the, like this, this was is, the, this like, was the yes, painting that like Belial like wanted. This one, like it's this a very with just like ink drippings down on the bottom. Like it looks cool. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I'm just like that. Doesn't it's kind of basic, right? Doesn't seem like it would be gallery. His other breaking. artwork is dope as fuck. Oh fuck, dude, with the heads. Yeah, that shit was nuts. So I think this is him seeing that there's an evil presence, and he's putting that on the board of like what he's about to start facing. Well, you That's know, how I took it with with your with your categorization though of um good versus evil. Yeah, supposedly like this is how like Nephilims and angels look. They, they're like these creatures with multitude of eyes and oh, faces yeah. and things like that. So like angels supposedly aren't depicted the way that the Bible depicts them. They're vampires. Um, pretty much. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you it's, right. it's interesting though, like that he painted it this way. And with your theory in yeah. question, what if that thing is just an angel? Ooh. It, it maybe looks that way because it's a true depiction of angels. This could be true. I don't know. Yeah. The doorbell rings. Zoe runs down the stairs shouting that she'll get it. Mm. Stay away. We don't like you. She turns the porch light on, stupidly opening the door. Granted, she's a child, but I learned at a very early age that you ask, who is it, before you answer the Plus, door. It sounds like you're in the middle of nowhere, too. Oh, fuck. It does yeah. not you're, look like you yeah. have neighbors close by. No. Granted, they were waiting for pizza. They were? They were. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. They were waiting for pizza. 
but still. All right, now you know there ain't no pizza in right. his arms. You stayed yeah. there for a long time. Like easily saying, who is it? And if it's someone says, pizza guy, all right, maybe do a little extra research <laughs> before still even opening that damn door. She turns on the porch light, stupidly opening the door, even though it is nighttime and she doesn't know who's standing on the other side. It's Ray. She greets him and he doesn't he doesn't say anything. And she greets him like super nicely. Hello. <laughs> yeah. She yells. And granted, she's just probably just a nice kid. I get it. Yeah. But like, damn, being nice kind of almost got you killed. <laughs> I'm just saying. She yells that it is some it, that it is someone there, knowing that it isn't the pizza man. She says hi to him again, but he continues just staring at her, chuckling before noticing her stick on her stick on tattoo of a guitar. He speaks that he has one like that and that he um and uh, he has one like that as he cocks his head. She confirms that he isn't that he's talking about the flying V, wanting one just like Kirk Hammett from Metallica. She continues spilling about Kirk um, as her favorite as Jesse walks into the foyer. He comes to, he comes up to them, calling out to Ray, asking if he can help him. Ray mentions that he needs to come home now, explaining that this is his mom and dad's house. Oh. Knowing that they're dead, Astrid apologizes. Jesse insincerely apologizes to him, reminding him that he doesn't live here anymore, wanting him to leave off their property. Ray raises his voice that they won't allow him to play it uh, play loud and needs and. And he needs to. With a little more power in his voice, Jesse reiterates that he needs to leave now, shutting the door on him as Astrid and Zoe call out call out to him. Ray rings the doorbell over and over, Jesse threatening to call the police if he doesn't leave. Ray continues ringing the doorbell, Jesse showing, showing him his phone, claiming that he's calling the police. He stops, finally walking off the porch. Zoe comments that he was mean, reminding him what he says about treating everyone um, the way that that they would want to be treated but he didn't do that she walks away astrid stares at him he irritatedly asks what she explains that there is obviously something wrong with him and his parents died in their house he now realizes how much of an asshole he was but i can't blame him yeah yeah it's it's weird it's you're, unsettling yes you're yeah. coming you're coming to someone's home in the middle of the night you know knocking on the door ringing the doorbell um Grant, and I do agree that, yes, you can tell that something is off about him um, and that he may have some type of mental issues for sure. However, uh, it's... It, he's being a protective he, dad. He, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, he's looking out for his family. He yeah. he feels that something is off. Therefore, he just got into Papa Bear mode. Yeah. He didn't have time to even realize what was happening. Right. It's like, there's just a strange person outside my door right now talking to my daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like having a full blown like, conversation. I get this was your house, but this is not your house anymore. Get out of here! Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because he does. He seems like after she talks to him, like he does feel bad a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, like we talked about, he's just in full protective mode, where it's like, hey, go. Yeah. And we can't blame him. Cut to a Catholic video called Thought for the Day with Father David Gideon, a meditation of the nature of evil. Father Gideon gives his sermon on people joking about the devil, but that Satan's a lie to distract people of who he is. Continuing that he's no mask in a Halloween store, he's not what you see in the movies. Shout out to Haxon fucking playing on the screen, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, images of Nazis, Manson, Dahmer, KKK members, and church burnings are displayed as a slideshow of Gideon shares the truth of the 
the devil, an active, a violent anti-God personal reality, living through all of them, using people to carry out his unspeakable deeds. Ray is watching the TV at the hotel as Gideon continues that they are his pawns and his demons on earth. And if they have the slightest bit of greed in their heart, Satan will turn it into an avalanche, slithering into their soul. Back with Jesse on his computer inside his studio, um, sighing at a, at a final notice for the water and power bill. I'm like, damn, dude, you already got a final notice? Y'all like just moved just in moved. yesterday. And you already got a final notice? That was that I felt was a little weird. I was like, how long have they been in this house? Right. <laughs> I guess they jumped. Time? I don't think they jumped. I don't know. I just think it was just something that they didn't really consider. Um, because they were just trying to show off the fact that they don't they don't have money. They're out of money right, right now. Um, and I think that was just supposed to be it. But you usually don't get like a final notice. I think it's three. It's like three months. Yeah. yeah. So maybe this is a, th- a th- the third month. But it also kind of makes me think: How much money does Ray have to stay in this motel for so long? <laughs> Where's he getting this money from? Maybe his that's like, true too. Yeah. Like maybe his parents left him money in the in their will or something, and it's like mm. a trust fund. But Ray doesn't seem like the type who would just go to a bank to try to meet up with a lawyer right. and get out of trust. And he just had like random cash in his pocket to yeah. like get the first night, but then stays there forever. Yeah. Right. So I don't uh, think it's yeah, three sure. months. Yeah. I don't think it's three months, but that was like one of my main complaints about this. Where I was just like, I get that they need to establish it's more for exposition. Exactly. Yeah. I get they need to establish this exposition, for sure. but it just didn't really fit everything else that was going on to me. <laughs> Unless this was like their old place. So they're like, I'm just going to bring my final notices yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. To my new house. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan for world building, but there are aspects of world building that I feel like are just such a waste of time. Like, like this portion to show that they don't have money. Like it, to me just felt like such a waste of time. Um, but whatever. He goes back to looking at his computer. The chanting begins to, uh, begins as the upside-down cross-up that he painted is on Photoshop. He stares at it. In the morning, Zoe and Jesse are leaving for school as she's coughing before they leave out the door. He doesn't believe that she's actually sick, but she claims <laughs> that she is. Uh, they go out to the door with the Flying V guitar waiting at the fence Sketch. with an amp to go with it from Ray. She's in awe. Her voice fading as, as her dad looks around for Ray. She be, she brings him back to Earth, pleading for him to allow her to keep it. He tells her no, not allowing her to keep Ray's guitar. She's saddened. He tries to cheer up, revealing that he's getting her a guitar for her birthday, but she knows that it won't. She won't be getting a flying V and a Marshall lamp. There. Okay. She right. <laughs> no, you're right. You're not getting that. You're not getting that for sure. Like you you might not even have water. You might get a Yamaha. <laughs> if that, if that, you might get a ukulele. Uh like <laughs> but, you might get guitar here in a game. <laughs> but I mean, hey, one once you find out that you're not getting water next month, you'll be all right. Sure. <laughs> he speeds to a bark lot of the art studio Belial. Um, and just as Freddie stated earlier, you know, Belial um, being, I guess, a, 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 what a term of the devil. Right. In some ways. But it's uh, here. Let's 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 find it. 
because there, there's a whole bunch of them. There's like Baal and Burial and Pilar and all this other stuff. So let's just let's let's look it up a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so Belial is a term occurring in the Hebrew Bible slash Old Testament, which later became pers- personified as the devil in Christian texts of the New Testament. Alternate spellings include Belial, Baal, um, Belhor, uh, Belier, Burial, Baal. Um, all of those. The Secret Book of John and early Gnostic texts, the ruler of the underworld referred to as Abelius. Interesting. Just so so many aspects um, behind all of this, but uh, really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. You can see, like, even the receptionists at the companies were all, all red. red. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a weird crow, which kind of means death sometimes. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very yeah. dark and, like, yeah, it's grim. pretty gray. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like even if it's an art studio, you can't really see the art. <laughs> There's like no art. It's just like a dark room. Yeah, it's, it's just like, all darkness. Some of your soul here. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at himself in the rearview mirror, hitting it before heading inside. Uh, inside, he goes up to the gallery owner's um, assistant, Mara. Understanding that Leonard rejected his portfolio, she tells him that he doesn't look at artists twice. He knows, bleeding as he holds up the USB stick, claiming that this is different and he's never had a muse before, not remembering painting it, suggesting that it flowed through him. She's intrigued, accepting the USB and plugging it into her computer. How does one get a job like this? You just need to be like super into Satan for her to like get this <laughs> job. Like she was just like, I like the devil. You're hired. Like, like you're good. <laughs> you're hired. Oh my god, is that an upside down cross? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one too. <laughs> she smirks, letting him know that she um, that that she'll uh, see what she can do. He smiles at this. Meanwhile, Ray is parked in a, by a field while Jesse is looking at a blank campus, waiting for the voices to start again. Ray starts to hear the chances two brothers run and. Uh, run and bike past him. Jesse starts to hear it, hear it as well, looking at the canvas to create his next masterpiece. He turns his head to something else, going over to a sheet that's over the butterflies, pulling the sheet off and inspecting the paint, the painted insects. Ray, on the other hand, has his possession fueled by something else. He goes up to the brothers that are swinging and playing fetch with their dog. Jesse allows his possessed body st- to start working on the painting. Ray starts starts walking onto the field while the other while the older brother throws the ball too far into the trees calling for his dog rocky telling his little brother that he's going to go get him leaving him to continue swinging ray picks up a rock on um off the ground as he moves closer jesse frantically paints over his commission ray is behind the boy swinging back into into him as he lifts his hand up to strike the rock down on the back of his head jesse's picture is of the boy screaming with darkened eyes on the butterfly. He stares at it, freaked out at what he just painted. Mm. It was like he was staring at it like he just committed a fucking murder. Right. Or he's shot by what he envisions, perhaps. Yeah. By a, a greater force. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point it feels like he he understands that something is going on. Right. But 
it's getting to a point with him where it's just like, but I'm going to capitalize off of this. And the thing with Ray, again, with the symbolism of wearing the color red, satanic, and he's in his car, he's eating candy right. while pursuing the real hunger of the devil, which is the children. Right. Um, and finding literally the devil's candy. Um, and see the perils of him literally coming through and opening into this innocence of them playing a game where he's coming through the opening of the hedge when it's like a big circle and he's going towards it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I always thought like with the first death that we see here, um, b- uh, being stoned to death is also a big thing that happens in the Bible a lot. Right. Yeah. It kind of correlates to that. He, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Right. So... Um, the perils of him like just making something creative and envisioning this new art piece versus this guy coming into crime is that he is creating something like the creator, but also envisioning what's actually happening and what he has to stop. Right. <clears throat> Jesse X is out of the studio forgetting to pick up his daughter, even though it is now nighttime. He runs down the field to his car, speeding over to the school to pick up his daughter who is sitting alone out front. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. I, I would have been distraught. <sighs> yeah. If that, if like, if I were to pick up Ellie late or something, it'll never happen. Um, mainly because we'll be homeschooling. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if it were to happen, like I would be, I would be fucking frantic. Yeah. Oh my god. Immediately going out to apologizing for his action, she shines him on. She sits across from her, understanding that he des- he deserves this, apologizing again. She comments that it was only her second day without knowing anyone, and he just left her there. Couldn't have been three months then. If it's second her second day. day at school, like, you know, couldn't have been three months. Unless they moved in, in June. And it's like the first day of school or something. But uh, a few things about this. One, a school wouldn't just let her sit outside. No, they would call. They would definitely be calling over and over and over. They would drop her off at yeah, one like point. Something. Yeah, like something. Yeah. You can't be leaving a kid out yeah, there. Yeah, they wouldn't herself. have just been like, good luck. It's like, like, hey. <laughs> good luck. See you later, I guess. Yeah, that wouldn't have been happening. Uh, but yeah. The school is responsible. Terrible school. Terrible school. He excuses that he uh, he was painting, thinking that he was only in there for five minutes. And when he stepped outside, the sun had gone down, causing him to panic, not knowing that he he was in there for so long, completely getting lost in it. She shakes her head, looking at him with gritted teeth, demanding him to not do it again. He tells her that he won't. She wants him to swear it on his on her grave. He swears, pleading for them to be friends again. She looks over at him and smiles, asking if he's going to allow her to get uh, to keep the guitar now. <laughs> Damn. Smart girl. Leverage. Cut to Zoe in her room, screaming out to the <laughs> imaginary crowd as she terribly plays the guitar loudly in her bedroom. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Ray comes back into the motel with the boy wrapped no. in a blanket. E. He's still alive. Dude, he's... As he sc- yeah, he's like twitching and stuff. Yeah. As his screams are muffled and Ray carries him inside the room. Another doc about Satan is on the TV as he stares at the TV with a trash bag on. It's like he's pumping himself up, right? Like like getting ready to like do the unthinkable. The boy continues to cry, his screams muffled. Ray grabs a saw off the bed, turning the TV up louder before heading inside the bathroom. The TV ending that quote. There's always the dark god, the fallen god, 
there's always Satan. End quote. Quick cut to deep red paint being smeared on a canvas by Jesse, accompanied by Ray's scene of a bloody mess inside of the tub. The images combining into each other as Ray is cleaning up after himself and Jesse is painting another unknown masterpiece. Jesse comes back to reality looking at his painting of children, some that are deceased. Asher comes into a studio wanting to know if he told Zoe that she could keep the guitar. She stops talking when she looks at the at his painting in shock and wondering if the painting is of um uh her words cut off to the uh, excuse me her words are cut off to strings showing off that it is of their daughter screaming as she holds her head fucked that's scary that's scary imagery uh this is the artwork that's like really good but also disturbing as hell very disturbing um i love the contrast between uh what ray's doing versus what he's doing Showed more of that contrast, and he's um, almost like telling the future, right? Yeah. So he's getting these premonitions, essentially, of what evil is happening and what the future might hold as yep. well. Mm-hmm. She looks at him. He mentions that he he didn't mean to do this. She doesn't understand what's going on. Questioning him, painting their daughter on fire while looking at the painting. He comments that Zoe can never see this. I should agree. Demanding him to destroy it, then, but he feels that he can't. She wants to know why. Jesse comments that it isn't finished yet. She doesn't understand, knowing that if it, uh, knowing that it is, if he wants it to be, he tells her that it isn't that simple. It feeling like these children are inside of him, begging and screaming to be let out. Him not understanding quite why. Ray drives onto a field, stopping in, stopping to open his trunk, pulling out a shovel and a heavy suitcase, dragging deeper into the wooded area, telling it to come on. Jesse is trying to sleep, but he ha- he's having nightmares about his daughter burning in a pit of fire. With just his boxers on, he goes out, out to the studio looking at the painting. <laughs> they, like, constantly oiled this man's body. <laughs> this man stayed sweaty. <laughs> like, god damn. Like, we need your shirt off. You need to be sweaty. We need you to be the rock in every scene possible. <laughs> this Baby like- oil on deck. I don't know why right now rewatching this. I'm like, this kind of reminds me of the Northmen. <laughs> like the final okay. scene where they're all like shirtless and like sure. fighting on the volcano top. Okay. It's like, why? Because man, <laughs> give me that man body. We are men. <laughs> he pushes all of his shit off the table, grabbing a box cutter, going up to the painting and stopping as he looks more at what's on it, ready to strike it down, but hesitates. He goes in for the stab, stopping right before connecting, uh, right before connecting w- with it when the chants are playing loudly in his head, causing him to move back and drop the box cutter with his hand up. He nods his head in understanding. Ray goes to a spot in where he's hiding the, these bodies inside suitcases, taking them all out of the ground to throw it, throw in the new one. He starts covering it up with dirt. Meanwhile, Jesse is possessed as he continues the painting of the, this gnarly three-headed creature that's surrounded by the children. And this looks fucking great. Ugh. Like, this looks so intense. It's like... And I love how, like, uh, fades in with his eyeball, going yeah. matching with the eyeball of the actual painting itself. It's a cool sequence. Yeah. And it's a great reveal of something, like, terrifyingly Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. This next scene, after you watch the film, makes so much more sense, though. Zoe is asleep when Ray climbs into her bed Ugh. to lie down next to her. I don't like that. It is horrific. That's so but scary. The fact that fucking Jesse passed him. 
Yeah. He just passed him. And like they, they fucking passed each other. He's all, he was on his property the whole time digging up this, these suitcases, putting in new suitcases right next to the house. Yeah. That is bonkers to me. That's terrifying. Jesus Christ. And then all he could think was just like, and, and what I really think is, I don't think he went there to actually see Zoe. I think he went there to, one, see his room, to go in his room again. No, because I would say half and half. Because he does say that you're like you're the special one. Well, yeah, yeah of course, whatever, but like, yeah. but like, I, I also think that his main his main objective was to go in his room, but Zoe just happened to be there. I can see that, but he's also built like that relationship with her with like giving her the guitar. Well, he's trying yeah. to, right? Right. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to, to to make it seem like he comes in peace. I feel like she's the final piece to whatever the devil wants, or right. something like that. We'll see. Yeah, Which yeah. is interesting because it's just like we don't get context on that at all. Like, no, we don't even get any context. It's like, why did the possession even start? Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just happening. Yeah. Like, that's they it. probably just live on like a portal to hell or something. Right. It's like, sure. Yeah. This, if this. you don't clean these walls, you'll always have that cross on there. Ha 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 ha. Devil. The devil. He breathes heavily as he moves it closer toward her. He starts whispering that he wanted it to be her, but he wouldn't let him because she's special. She slowly wakes up, about to scream, but he covers her mouth, telling her that that she can't be loud whining that he'll make it he'll make him do that uh do that thing that he doesn't want to do okay maybe i don't like any of this no it's absolutely horrifying um maybe it is the fact that he was always supposed to kill her right and he tried making no i don't think it was last i think in general i think he was just trying to make up for it by taking these other kids lives trying to like stall okay because he does say um He's when he starts whispering, he's just like, um, he or what did he say? Uh, he wanted it to be her, but he wouldn't let him because she's special. As he, as he was saying that, like the devil wanted it to be Zoe, but Ray wouldn't let the devil because for Ray she's special, right? So, yeah, but you're right. This is very icky. Uh, pleading for her to be quiet, she nods her head in agreement, but she's still scared. He wonders if she, if he yes. takes his hand away, um, is she going to scream? She mumbles that she won't multiple times. He removes her hand, uh, his hand from her mouth. She immediately proceeds to scream for help as Ray fights to shush her. He sobs as he covers her face. She continues to flail until her mother comes into the room um screaming like a fucking banshee fighting Ray to get off of her daughter he throws her to the ground Zoe screaming for him to get out as she calls for her father he runs down Jesse meeting him at the door as he's rushed by the larger man Jesse immediately grabs him by the leg crawling up to him but he's met with a foot to the face he's dazed as he stumbles out to out the door searching for Ray dodging his dark car before it almost strikes him in the field so all the muscles just for show, obviously. Yeah, like they, they, those didn't do shit. Like zero intimidation. Didn't do shit. Made him look good. Look, made him look great. My boy's body was glistening. That's probably why he slipped. <laughs> but yeah, it's this was this was also very interesting as well because um, 
once again, he wasn't around, right? He wasn't right. there to protect his family. Um, but I bet his wife was just like, nah, you did the right thing. Make sure that I do get off our property. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, but they didn't change the locks. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, that was a scary moment of realization. It's like, hey, you guys moved into his house. Did you guys ever change locks? No, it's like he might still have a key. Right. And that's like, yeah, that's scary. It's like you're not safe in your own home right. sleeping. No. That no. Yeah. Home is supposed to be your safe place and not even that place is safe. Yeah. Cut to the family speaking with Deputy Winnie, asking them to, uh, if the doors were locked. Astrid agrees that they were, but Jesse went out to his studio. With his head down, he apologizes to his family. Winnie speaks up that it isn't his fault, but Ray's fault. She questions about him living there before them, wondering if they have the same locks. Astrid confirms that they are the original locks. Winnie letting him know that there's a chance that he might still have a key and they need to change the locks immediately. Finding it best that they moved into a motel for a few days so they can uh, look into Ray. Reassuring them that she'll be stationed outside all night until they are out in the morning. Looking at Zoe to not worry and she'll be alright. Astrid tucks her daughter in the... It's funny because she like tells them to go to a hotel a motel or whatever. They never go to a motel. They just stay in the house. Oh, uh, just... Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Astrid tucks her daughter into into their bed, wanting her to get some sleep. Zoe wonders if he'll if he comes back. Astrid tries to calm her nerves that that being the reason why the police officer is outside. Zoe isn't convinced, questioning the what if of on him possibly getting past her. It's a valid what if. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she is just one person. So. Right? Jesse is uh, staring out the window, holding a bat as she's, as he sees a black goat outside. The scenery transitioning to red as Ray comes up to his house and approaching his screaming daughter. It, it now being day, Astrid comes up behind him. He almost strikes her from being startled, <laughs> immediately apologizing to her and holding her. She claims that she's okay. Zoe comes into the room telling them that she's ready to go to school. Her mother lets her know that she doesn't have have to go to school today, but it is safer than than there to her. Where I'm just like, but you're like I get it. I get what you what she's saying, but like your dad's gonna be home. You know, like I, I feel like for if it were me, I would be like, fuck that. Like what if he shows up to my school? Like what right. if he knows what school I go to? You know, like Obviously, the school doesn't give a shit about me. They let me stay here <laughs> fucking at night. <laughs> Jesse drives her up to the school, both of them quiet from Aww. silent sobs and sighs. They embrace. He promises that he'll smash Ray if he comes back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smash, he did. <laughs> she tells him that uh, that he's going to be late, telling him bye as she leaves out of the car. He stays and watches her walk inside her school. He cries, pissed off, or pissed at himself for not being there. Hitting the steering wheel as she as his phone rings, he answers it, saying "fuck" as it's Mara from the Belial Gallery, trying to force the tremble in his in in his voice to go away. He greets her. She uh, lets him know that she showed Leonard his painting, and he approves, wanting to come by his studio to see what he's working on. Jesse finds that to be uh, to be great and uh he can come by anytime. First mistake. Well, <laughs> she said the wrong thing. <laughs> right. She shares that he has an opening at 3. He's confused if she means today. She does. He tells her that he can't because he has to pick up his daughter at 3. Mara breathes heavily, quiet for a moment before telling him that she she can push it to 2, that being all she can do, telling him to take it or leave it. Cut to him at home waiting for Leonard to show up. He paces back and forth with impatience. Leonard pulls up in his black Rolls-Royce. They enter Jesse's studio, Leonard going inside first, looking at Jesse's new possessed p- 
uh, create his new possessed created piece. They sit across from each other. Um, Jesse's just excuse me. They sit across from each other inside Jesse's home. Leonard mentioning that this is a leap of faith, but he's willing to take the chance. Impressed by his latest work being wonderfully disturbing. Mm. That's a beautiful way of putting that too. Yeah, because it is wonderfully disturbing. Yeah, because it's a beautiful piece, but fuck, is it disturbing? (laughs) Yeah. Jesse responds that the painting is almost the painting almost fucking killed him. Le sang de de la terre. Jesse doesn't understand. Leonard translate quote the blood of the earth, end quote. The world's Mm. Otis unblended cognac. Damn. Okay. That being what they are sharing. Jesse drinks the alcohol, accepting his presenta- his representation from Belial. Um, Leonard is about to pour him another, mentioning that he's being represented by them. It's time for him to start getting used to the nice things. Jesse checks the time on his phone, interrupting his pour by covering his hand on the top of the glass, expressing that he would love to sit there and drink with him, but he has to pick up his daughter. Leonard suggests that his daughter won't mind if he's a couple of minutes late, but he's already pushing it. I mean, fuck you, dude. Good for him. Like, this is my child. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Like standing up, was like, nah, this is not negotiable. Yeah, and I love that. I feel like this whole entire meeting is the devil's working through him, the the business guy, because he's tempting him and saying like, hey, this is the good life. It is only going to cost you a sacrifice. Yeah, not being there for your daughter, letting us take her essentially, and then you'll be rewarded with these gifts, this nice whiskey or whatever they're drinking, the bourbon, the cognac, the cognac, and um, it's like this is what the rich life will look like. We're taking the leap of faith with you, but sacrifices need to be made. If you sacrifice yourself from not picking up your daughter, aka saving her, we'll reward you essentially. Right. But that's how I took it. Which he was still late. Ah, yes. Yeah. He still doesn't really care. Not finding a few minutes taking over the the grander scheme. Jesse covers the glass again, not willing to get into it right now, needing him to trust him and that he can't be late. Why not just tell him? Yeah, it's like, I'm out. Like, I would have been like, like, look, man, like. You can stay here. I'll go pick up my daughter. We'll come back. Fuck it. Right. You know, like, I, or come with me, you know, like, we could talk (laughs) on the way there. On top of the Rolls Royce, let's you know this will be awesome for her to see as well. Right. Um, yeah, the spare tire, perfect. Right, but I would have told him like last night, someone broke into my house. Um, you know, my daughter's still shaken up about it, and I really need to be there for her. I'm sure at that point he would have understood instead of just like your daughter wanted mine. You know, like I, I'm sure he would have understood a lot more if he would have done it that way. But he didn't. Leonard uh, leans back on the couch with his drink, finding that nothing with true worth comes with sacrifice. Raising his glass up to Jesse, toasting to sacrifice. Jesse then flies down the highway, honking at a car that's in front of him. He tries to, like, aggressively pass up this car, but ends up blowing his tire, losing control, and makes it to uh, the side of the road, frustrated on what to do next. All right, calm down, Fast and Furious. (laughs) Like, bruh. I get that you want to pass up this car. It, it that car wasn't going that fast. You could have easily just passed up that car yeah. without you doing all of this dramatic ass driving. <laughs> Relax. He tries calling someone by the line, um, but the line is busy. He tries um st- he tries starting up the car again, but now it won't start. 
should should add AAA. He calls another number, the line picking up to the chanting. He decides to make a run for it down the highway, <laughs> making it to the school and audible asking the janitor a question. I I love that the chanting starts on the phone call because I feel like at that point he had her. Ray had her at that point. Yeah. He, he already took her. She doesn't seem to understand. Uh, she doesn't seem to understand him, so he goes searching and calling for his daughter. Nowhere to be, fu- nowhere to be found. He runs around the school, dripping in sweat. Astrid makes it home. She's on the phone. At least his shirt was on. Uh, she's on the phone, presumably with Jesse, and audibly crying as she speaks into the phone. Cut to Zoe on the ground with her mouth duct taped. Spooky. I can only imagine waking up like that, just on the ground duct tape on your mouth your head probably hurts because you got hit in the head college college (laughs) (laughs) I've never been in that situation god I fucking hope not damn dude (laughs) that would sounds terrible (laughs) all of them need to go to jail if they did that to you (laughs) her head is slightly bleeding as she wakes up but um to Ray sitting above her and shout out to her acting Oh, you yeah. really see her, her mannerisms, her eyes literally widen open, then starts freaking out. Right. You really see the genuine fear in her eyes. And it's, I agree. It's haunting. This is such a scary scene. Yeah. There was a tweet that came out, or a tweet trend that was happening recently about like um, a scene that invoked true fear. I think this, this scene yeah, yeah, yeah. invokes true fear. Her we, eyes are so big, you know, that that they they just have this... I guess this material to them, you know, it's interesting. Her head is slightly bleeding as, oh yeah, I mentioned that already. She finally realizes who she's with. She starts to scream and cry. He wipes her tear off of her cheek as she tries to flinch away, tasting it, chuckling that he's right, considering her to be the sweetest candy of them all. Yeah, poor girl. Her eyes, oh my god. Having to do that thing that he doesn't want to do now. She sobs as she pleads for him to let her go. He leaves out of the bathroom, revealing that her whole body is completely duct taped. She uh, looks around the room and her bondage before spotting the window. Holy chance play on the TV as Ray goes to sit down on the foot of the bed as Zoe screams and cries. She g- tries to gather enough of strength to break from, from her uh, duct tape restraints. Finding a piece that is reachable and peelable. She, um, is peelable a real word? Peelable. Peelable? Yeah. Right, whatever. We'll go uh, with it. Not for, bananas for peelable, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah. Or just two. Okay, okay. Uh, she works she, uh, she, she works to try to peel off the tape um, as Ray gets undressed. Um, this is a nasty-ass white shirt, too. The, yeah. It's, like, covered in dirt. Oh. I think that's literally all he owns is that fucking track, shoot, track suit <laughs> and a shirt. <laughs> she sticks uh, that's what I'm saying like how much is he paying for this place <laughs> like fuck dude or did he end up killing the guy maybe the front desk. maybe yeah you never know she sticks the tape on the ground um, and turns her body around to unravel it this was fucking smart I would not have thought super of that super smart I would not have thought to do that um, he puts the tr- he puts on his trash bag and grabs his saw before heading toward the bathroom, she is able to set herself free and start climbing out of the window as he works the courage to open the door. He catches her, grabbing her and pulling her back inside, holding on to her shoe as she screams for him to let her go. Her shoe um, 
slips off and he falls to the ground, staring at the window. Astrid and Jesse are being quickly escorted down the police hall to make it to uh, to Zoe, who's in the arms of Winnie. She they co- they come inside the room, immediately embrace their daughter while sobbing. Zoe gets stone faced as she reminds her father that he swore oh. on his on her grave. His cries halt as he allows that verbal dagger to stab deep into his heart. Fuck. As a father and hearing that and seeing what, like, yeah, it's his fault. But damn. Damn. Damn is right. Jesse sits across from Sergeant Davis, not saying a word. Davis speaks up that she's actually lucky, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. Sharing that Ray did this to a nine-year-old girl when he was 12. Fuck. Hitting her over the head with a rock, and then he tried to bury her. Jesse looks up, uh, looks up at him as he com- explains that the case went to juvenile court, and he ended up uh, in state in in a state psychiatric or psychiatric ward for twenty years. Jesse wants to know if um, if their if their files say why he did it. Davis reads, "Quote: I have to feed him children because children are his candy." Ugh. End quote. That's where you get the reveal of the title, and it's so good and disturbing. God, damn it's a great concept. The devil's candy is the death of children, and it's like the burying. So that is is demonic. like him giving them giving the candy to him yeah. at that point, right? Because he buries the them to, to since hell is supposed to be underneath us, right? Right. Clarifying who he is being Satan. They come out of the main office. Davis is thanking Astrid for her patience, wondering how Zoe is. She strokes her head, not responding. He mentions that the best course of action is to put them in witness protection. Jesse stares at his daughter with nothing but heartbreak in his eyes. Um, Astrid wondering how long the protection will last. Davis claiming as long as it takes to find Ray. Cut to Ray inside of a gas station holding a gas can. The clerk wondering if he wants just the gas. He places the gas can and lighter on the counter. Hold on, though. You mean to tell me y'all couldn't find Ray when yeah, her the hell fucking partner w- went to his house two or went to his motel room two days earlier? That's true, too. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to find him. <sighs> also, he has a fucking pattern, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes motel, slightly away from motel to go kill kids, back to motel, and then to his old house. Dude's M.O. is like the easiest one to crack. So it's just like, come on, guys. Meanwhile, Winnie and Hernandez are packing up the helm and suitcases into the trunk of their cruisers. She hands him his keys back, mentioning that she feels bad for Zoe, knowing that it'll be a long time before she sleeps through the night. I feel like with Witness Protection Program, they wouldn't let the family go back to the house. No fucking way. They would be already going to their locations. Like, we'll bring your shit. Don't worry. Yeah, you're just staying away from there. No way. Sometimes, some I do know that if there's like some unsupervised too, they're like, "We'll be outside. We'll be packaging it, but you be inside doing all these things where the guy has a key to get inside." Cool. Yeah. No worries. You'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know, like in some witness protections, they do allow you to gather some things, but usually they're Give they're inside list. with you. Yeah, they're usually inside the house with you. Uh, Jesse goes into his studio, staring at his painting. The chanting begins as he stares into the eyes of the eyes of the creature. The chants abruptly stop as he starts ripping the canvas with the box cutter. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Look at you! 
claiming your your family again. Ashford and Zoe head up head downstairs, wondering where Jesse is since he uh, he was just there. They call out to him as they overhear a car speeding on the their, the road. Then a crash with Winnie screaming and crying outside. And this was this was good. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Like how they I did not expect this at all. <laughs> I mean, I kind of expected it, but not to this I didn't level. expect it to this extent. Yeah. And, oh, like, man. I knew that he was going to come back and, like, probably kill the, the, the cops. The way he, like, handles damn. the pistol, too, is so unsettling. Where he's just, like, moving it around with his hands, just yeah. looking at it and does not know how to use it, but knows how to use it. Right. He, yeah, it's he doesn't know how to use way, it, but yeah, he it's knows. Just so, uh, it's so creepy. Yeah, he knows it's a tool of destruction, but he doesn't know how to properly use that tool. Right. Um. Which is how he even fucking accidentally shoots. And and it wasn't even an accident, but it was an accident how he accidentally shoots Jesse. Yeah. Like, it all makes sense. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. good Astrid holds Crazy. Zoe, wanting to go check out what's going on. Why? Zoe, I don't know. Uh, Zoe pleads for her to stay stay there as she cowers on the wall. Astrid cautiously opens the front door, seeing the cop pinned between the two cars. Ray then gets out of his car with his favorite weapon, a rock, um, hitting her in the head. Astrid slams the door shut, grabbing her f- her phone to contact the police. Hernandez tries crawling to the gun, but Ray hits him in the back of the head, killing him, placing his rock down to pick up the gun instead. Jesse runs inside the house. Their chatter is indistinct as he checks on his daughter and moves his wife out of the way. She's uh, She's on the phone with the police, shouting that he's right outside their door. Jesse looks through the stained glass, them all being startled by two shots that are f- that are fired outside. They are all screaming as Jesse yells for them to run. They they listen as they run out. Um, it wasn't even a back door; it was like a pantry. It was a closet, yeah, yeah, it was like a pantry. Why? I don't know go why they did that. Go upstairs and lock the door. So I was like, why are you going to the nearest place? Or go the through door? the back door. You have to have a fucking back porch. Go through a window. It doesn't matter. Like Something. Anything. Yeah. Get out of there. He's obviously coming towards the house. So. Start making a run she for ain't it. running. <laughs> for real. Ray slowly approaches the, the front door covered in, in red by, stained, by the stained window, That's just crazy. like in Jesse's dream. Jesse grabs a bat and hides on the other side of the door, waiting for Ray to come inside. He jostles the door handle, entering inside the house. Jesse is about to hit him with the bat, but Ray, starts, but Ray gets scared and frantically fires off the gun. So, um, so he tries to make a run for it down the hall. Ray shooting him in the back, causing him to gasp for air and fall to the ground. He watches Jesse as he goes uh, to search for where Zoe and Astrid possibly hid. <laughs> All right, quick preview to the, the film that we're watching next week. I just have to mention this right now. He is nothing like Kevin Bacon's character inside of Death Sentence. <laughs> yes. Like, Kevin Bacon's character, surprisingly, could fucking fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, the amount of W's that dude caught in that fucking movie, which we'll obviously talk about we'll next talk week. About. Oh, but yeah. the amount of L's that he catches in this movie, <laughs> when this dude is ripped to sh- fucking he's, shreds. He's not around. He can't really tackle a person. He gets shot. He just not, gets knocked out. Like how he how he gets scared with the bat. Like, yeah, he like, follows through, man. What the fuck? Don't stop. If he's shooting, <laughs> keep hitting him or something. He's like, ah, shit, he's got a gun. It's like, he pointed a gun out the window. What? No, he's not going to shoot you and try to kill you. But, oh, my God. It was it was so funny, though, because I love how Ray also screams. 
I like how realistic the shot looked when he was like running away and got it from the back, but it went yeah, to the front. I was like, front. damn, this yeah, looks, that was nice. yeah, looks good. Yeah. Like that, like, oh, you're dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you alive, okay. He grabs for the door handle that they ran inside of. They cry out. He grunts as he sh- uh, shoots the doorknob, causing him to scream, firing another shot inside the room. It continues to fill, fill with screams. He drags Zoe out as she tries to try her best to pull back, calling for her mom and dad. She repeatedly yells no as she's taken out of the house, leaving Jesse on the floor as a- an Astrid crawling out of the other room. She calls for her husband before noticing Ray and Zoe coming back inside the house. This time with the gas can in hand. He sh- he sees that she's still alive as she pleads for him to not hurt her daughter. He, s- he irritatedly um, sits the gas can down, placing the gun on her head as Zoe yells for him to stop. She tells her daughter to shush as she mouths that she loves her. He turns his head, pulling the trigger to reveal that, the- that he has officially run out of bullets. The gun continues to click as he tries to squeeze the trigger again, not understanding what's going on as he shakes the gun. He throws it on the ground, pulling Zoe back upstairs spilling the gas up the stairs as they continue up there Zoe screams for her mom as he lights the stairs on fire he continues drowning the house um uh, the house with gasoline as he holds as he holds on to Zoe. Astrid shakes Jesse, crying for him to wake up and that Ray has her. He, st- he starts to wake up, catching an image of his daughter burning in his head. He softly asks where she is. Zoe is on her bed, being held by Ray, waiting for them to both be burned alive. He shushes her, telling her to look past the flames as he mentions that it's him. She doesn't see anything and continues to scream. Jesse takes Astrid outside the house, both of them able to hear her screaming inside her room she screams for her for her daughter to hang hang on as jesse prepares to go up back inside there he grabs a ladder and starts climbing up toward her room the flame getting awfully close to get to the gas can he breaks through the window grabbing their attention she calls out to him biting ray's hand to let her go jesse comes into the room punching the shit out of ray (laughs) ray forces his finger into Uh. jesse's bullet wound causing him to wail in pain and fall to the ground ray gets up and walks through the flame towards Zoe as she's screaming on on her bed. He even that's fucking, a terrifying. He image. catches on fire. Yeah, he's burning on fire and just walking nonchalantly towards her. Even his eyes are like ember red. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. Like that's the thing. It's like the fire doesn't look great in here, but like no. it's still a cool scene to watch. Yeah. But then the slow mo kicks in. And I'm just like, eh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, people like slow mo with flames for some reason, though. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But Jesse gets finally like able to protect his family. Jesse smacks him in the Northman. head. <laughs> For real, with the flying V bringing it down again and again until it breaks, taking the neck of the guitar and jamming that shit down into his body repeatedly. And says, play this. No, he does not. (laughs) Covering himself in blood as Zoe stares at him. The room explodes into more flames as the can... As the gas can combusts, they would have fucking died right there. Oh, 100%. They would have died from the smoke alone. And the <laughs> fact that they even come out of the house and, like, none of them have any ember chars on them. Like, they're not... There's, like, no ash on them. It's because the fire's going in slow motion. It's oh, yeah, motion. that might be why. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, he demands her to jump really fast over the flames, wanting her to trust him. She shouts that she can't. He assures her that she, that he'll catch her. Uh, she gathers the courage, jumping over the flames surrounding the bed. He catches her, asking if she's okay. She shakes her head that she isn't. 
Fair enough. Ashton is waiting outside and watching her daughter come out of the window and down the ladder. She, she crawls over to her mom. They embrace with a hug. Jesse makes it down, hearing a piercing noise with flashes of his painting. He, he looks over at, um, in a different direction. Following the sound, Asher and Zoe are confused, wondering where he is going. He remembers telling his wife that he, that he can feel the children inside him, begging and screaming to be let out. He goes to an area behind the, their house, digging at the ground with his hand, uncovering the grave for the suitcase that Ray would plant, revealing that he's been burying them there for years. The sun comes out, bathing Jesse as he cries. Then, credits. The real tragedy here is... They probably didn't have fucking fire insurance for their house. <laughs> so they just lost or they their money. did and they cashed out. I doubt it. And they were able to get their water again. I, I doubt it. <laughs> they needed it in this situation. <laughs> Man. What a movie though. What a movie. What a movie. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It is. A it's ton a of fun. A ton of fun. But I got some motherfucking movie facts for us. Yep. Movie facts. <laughs> When Jesse meets Leonard at his house, he is wearing a t-shirt that says, quote, find what you love and let it kill you, yep. end quote. The quote is from Charles uh, Bukowski's memoirs, quote, my dear, find what you love and let it kill you. Let it drain, let it drain from you your all. Let it cling onto your back and weigh you down into eventual nothingness. Let it kill you and let it devour your remains. For all things will kill you both slowly and fastly. But it much it's much better to be killed by a lover. Falsely yours, Henry Charles Bukowski. Beautiful. Damn. That's dark, but yeah. Yeah. When Jesse Hellman is parking near the art gallery, it is shown that the place is called Bilal. Bilal is in the Bible and the demon is, and is the demon of seduction. <laughs> yeah, we 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 are, are we know that shit. We um, the fun facts. Let's uh, actually this is it. That, that's really kind of fun fact. This is a good movie. Yeah, fun fun, fun. fact. Great great movie. It's fun. <laughs> um, oh, here here we go. Here's here's another one. Metallica's "From Whom the Bell Tolls" is the track that kicks off the end credits, and and Sean Byrne can't thank the band enough. They watched and enjoyed an early cut of the film. I was shitting myself, uh, Sean said, and then offered to offered the song at a very reasonable rate. Once yeah. you have the Beatles of metal on your side, all of the other bands joined in and allowed us to get a really good soundtrack. There you go. Stated. There you go. That's how they got the soundtrack. There you go. They sent the the movie to them early. And it's like check it out. Yeah. Check. Nothing about out. your music in our movie. Yeah. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking great. That's, dope. That's awesome. I f- I, this movie should have been bigger. Like not not bigger like should have been more budget like more people should have seen this movie. Yeah. More talked about for sure. Absolutely. Like this movie should have definitely been more talked about. I think this would have played great in theaters. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah totally. Like I, you know, I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen. I just feel like this movie would have just been done really, really well on the big screen for sure. Yeah, check it out. It's on Tubi for those people who are in the U.S. Yep, 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 yep. But we want to definitely know what you think about the Devil's Candy because we want to keep the motherfucking conversation going. You can hit us up either on our Discord, which is inside our show notes, or you can hit us up on our Twitter, at Nightlight underscore pod, that's Night with a K. The next film that we are going to be discussing is a film we already kind of mentioned, which is James Wan's Death Sentence. I like James Wan. I like James Wan. I like him. 
He is nice. He makes movies I like. <laughs> this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Night. Alongside me, we had Freddy. Always give that spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. With your help, we can reach more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, consider giving us a five-star rating, as it honestly does help us out a ton. For extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's not with a what? K. Okay. Remember, everybody, don't forget. <laughs>